Welcome to Glorified Treasure Spread. This is the audio version of the commentary notes for the Spring 2023 Teleos study from Psalm 23 to Psalm 41. These are the commentary notes for week three, day four, covering Psalm 28, verses 1 through 5. Psalm 28 is a cry for help. If you've ever found yourself in a moment of deep desperation and in need of divine intervention, Psalm 28 is for you, not only because you will be able to relate to the sense of desperation, but also because of the hope that is found here, that according to Smith and Aiken's commentary. David is likely writing this psalm as a representative of the nation as a request for help, verses 8 and 9. Psalm 27 ended with David actively waiting on the Lord. What do we do while we wait? We do the last thing he led us to do, but we also pray, which is exactly what David is doing. Prayer is not a fleeting Hail Mary request, but a constant and confident mind and heart condition. Consider Jesus's story in Luke 18 of the woman and the unjust judge. God is not unjust, but he does desire persistent, intimate prayer. David is the champion and example of such prayer. His attitude is one of desperation, begging for mercy. We must understand that God's only debt to any human is hell. Remember that God's own son paid for deliverance, but was unjustly treated like a common criminal. Should we demand more of God for ourselves? David knows what he is but he sees himself in an accurate way. He knows that his appeal must go directly to his Lord. He is lifting his hands to the, quote, holy sanctuary. That's the holy of holies, the place on earth where God met his covenant people. Or perhaps he's referring to the heavenly holy of holies. His request was made on the basis of the blood shed on the altar, whereas ours is based on the blood shed on a horrible cross on Calvary. In verse 1, David refers to God as, quote, my rock, his source of stability. David begs him not to be deaf to his pleadings. He states that if God does not hear his request, he will become like, quote, those who go down to the pit. First, we know that God cannot possibly be deaf, that he hears when his own cry out. It becomes a matter of his own timing. We may be prayerless or resistant to what the Lord is telling us. Down in the pit, the ESV study Bible says, likely refers beyond death or Sheol and refers to divine judgment. Smith and Aiken wrote, when we read a passage like Psalm 28, 1 and 2, we must also picture it and feel it. When David says, quote, I cry to you for help, it's the same phrase Jonah uses. While he's in the belly of the fish, Jonah 2.2, he is desperate, yet even in his desperation, he knows where to look. Boyce said, if we really believed that we were perishing apart from hearing the voice of God, as David apparently did, wouldn't we study the Bible more? And wouldn't we pray more? Wouldn't we be always crying out to the Lord in prayer and seeking his face regularly through diligent Bible study? The ESV study Bible said the wicked in verse three are not merely sinful, but openly opposed to God. 
David is indicating that he would feel or become that way if God did not respond to his desperate cry. Reread that previous paragraph. David is indicating that he would feel like he was perishing, like Jonah, that he desperately needed God to help him in his time of need. David's not judging the wicked on his own terms. He has already displayed his need to repent and to beg for mercy for himself. So he's not being self-righteous in verses three to five. He knows that he is capable of being just like those of whom he refers to as wicked. He is merely asking God to lead him away from that and protect his heart against sin. Boyce concludes our notes by saying David wants God to prove that the way of the ungodly does not succeed. Notice, for instance, that he is not praying for the final judgment of the wicked by which they are to be consigned to hell, but rather that he is praying for a proper present recompense to them for the evil that they are doing. 